Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the part of the sale known as the discovery. And joining me, as always, is Carl Polson. Carl, how are you today? I'm I'm doing great today. I'm excited to talk about this topic and you know to dive right in. I think that if you truly want to help your clients and also be a successful salesperson, the discovery portion of the sales process is so critical. Yet discovery calls can be awkward. And if you don't do them correctly, they can seem like more of an interrogation if you don't handle them. Um, in fact, a bad discovery call, I feel, can ruin a sale before it even gets started. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your mind, David, what makes up a good discovery call versus a bad one? Yeah, there's a lot of chatter right now in the sales world about the discovery, uh, which is good because it really is an important part of the sale. And it's always been an important part of the sale. So it's good, though, that we're really focusing on it as a profession. The issue is a lot of times when I see people talking about trainers and salespeople talking about the discovery, it's very selfish. Meaning, as a seller, I'm going to ask you, barrage you with a list of questions. And after that, I'm going to be able to tell you if I can help you or not. And the reality is that selfish mentality of the discovery doesn't work in today's world. Buyers won't do it. Uh, They may have done it 20 years ago. When I first got into sales, maybe you could pull that off. But today, people are busy, their attention spans are less, and they're just not willing to do that. So what I think separates great sellers from average ones in the discovery is they give value. The discovery for them is not just a self-centered, I need to ask you a bunch of questions that you already know the answers to, but I just need to figure it out so that I can inform you if I can help you. Not going to work in today's modern selling climate. I have to be able to give you value. So you're going to answer a few questions, but then if I don't give you value, you're going to to try to inject because you're like, as a buyer, what's in it for me? I already know the answers to these questions. (laughs) Why in the world am I going to go on this fishing expedition to see if you can help me, right? Like probably not, Uh, not with today's modern buyer. So you got to give value. The discovery is not this time where you barrage people with these lists of questions for long periods of time, and they're like, oh, when's this gonna interrogation going to stop? It's now about giving value. Yes, you want to ask questions, but you got to give value throughout that process or people just won't participate. I know of working with you, David, the way that I now approach discovery calls from, from you know three, four years ago has completely changed. And, and it really is value, value, value. Because the information you're then able to obtain and the questions you're able to ask are questions that you're usually not able to ask if you're not giving value, which makes for not only a great discovery call, but you really are able to connect with your prospects in a way that no one else is doing. What would you say, David, is the biggest misconception about discovery calls? Yeah, so I think there's really two ways to to really give them value because the misconception is you just ask a lot of questions and that doesn't work. And people, even if they participate, many won't, they'll, you'll see the decline of their answers. The quality of their answers just goes to almost nothing as you get deeper and deeper into it. So you got to give value. How do you do that? Two ways. Number one, 
you got to ask those second level explanation questions, meaning you got to ask questions that are beyond the basics, right? You got to get into helping your buyers think about their situation more meaningfully with questions. And when salespeople do this well, they'll often hear a phrase like, that's a good question. And your buyer will think about it, right? So I want to serve with questions. What a lot of salespeople do is they just ask basic introductory, we call them first level questions. We want to go to that next level and get into deeper explanation questions. Second thing you can do is give insights, right? You, throughout the discovery, you want to be sharing insights, build your credibility, gives value. Also, let's say you're trying to help your clients or potential clients identify uh, a need that they might not even be aware of. You can wrap that in insight. The key to providing great insights in the discovery is to use social proof. Now, as a reminder for our listeners, social proof is a powerful heuristic, over 100 years of research on it, and it connects the persuasiveness of an idea with how other people are responding. So here's the difference. I can provide an insight without social proof. Like, one thing I recommend to our clients is, now that's good, but it's not great. What's great is when I say, you know, what a lot of our clients tell us is, right, that's social proof. So if a lot of people like me are doing something or thinking about it, then I want to know about it. So you can wrap an insight in the discovery. Let's say I'm trying to introduce a problem. I can say, you know, we worked with a lot of companies in a very similar situation that you've described. And one of the main questions they have early on is, or one of the things they tell us really matters to them that Carl, I'd love to get your feedback on is, right? So now I can introduce the idea of a problem or a situation, right? That help my client think about it, but I use it with social proof. So insights and deep dive second level questions that give value that are not just the basic introductory pieces of information your buyer already knows, but how can I ask them questions that help them think differently about their situation, to delve into it and really understand why it's happening, who it's impacting, right? What are the cause? What does the right solution look like? How do I ask questions to bring that out rather than this basic barrage that most discoveries are of introductory questions that bore buyers? And Carl, as you know, if you bore buyers, you lose them. No Mm -hmm. one likes to be bored, right? So you've got to give value in the discovery. And I think that is a major switch for salespeople because too often the way the discovery is taught uh, by many trainers is I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and then I will give you value. Then I'll tell you if I can help you. Then I'll show you not going to work today. You have to give value throughout the discovery. And I feel like, again, going back to years ago when I would I would be conducting discovery calls and it would seem halfway through an interrogation and I'd wonder to myself, hmm, I wonder why they didn't want to move forward. And then, you know, through working with you, it's like a, a light all of a sudden turned on and you're really able to put yourselves in their shoes. You know, you're calling on people who have busy days, who have meetings, who have things to do as well. So by giving value, by introducing your insights with social proof, you're truly having a conversation in a way that's going to resonate with them as people. Because I'm sure, um, you know, if I was walking down the street and somebody started just barrage me with questions, I'd probably think they're A, crazy. Um, 
And, and, and I think these days, like you said, buyers, that their time is extremely valuable. So being able to make those discovery calls as effective as possible is so important. What about, David, before the sales call? What are some things that salespeople can do before the sales call to help have a good discovery call? Yeah, that's a really important question as well. And to think through, what do I want to know before you go into the discovery? Oftentimes, when I observe discoveries uh, being conducted by salespeople, it's like they're wandering around hoping to bump into something of value. They're just kind of searching. They're not really sure where they're going. They're just flying by the seat of their pants. And it's this kind of fun roller coaster that they and the buyer go on, hoping they end up somewhere useful. I want to know, what do I want to know before I go into the discovery? So not all information matters, right? Some information is more impactful than others. So I want to, for example, know things like, what is the problem they have? What's the scope of it? Uh, what's causing it? Who is it impacting? What happens if they don't solve it? What happens then, right? Does it get worse? Does not much happen? I want to know all that. So I'm going to ask questions around that. And that's also going to help buyers think through. I want to also know what are their buying requirements? Who's involved in this buying process? Is it just them? Is it a team? Is it um, a committee? Who are the individuals? What are their thoughts on you know, this issue right now? Who's influencing this buying process? How does the buying process happen? I mean, is it over a series of meetings? Do you present it to one individual? Like, What does that look like? How does that get played out? That gives me a tremendous amount of insight as well how I want to structure my sales calls and equip those individuals I'm speaking with if they have to run this up uh, internally, the latter. And then I also want to know kind of what's the time frame? Uh, what are the what would the right solution possibly look like? Does the buyer know? How can I introduce ideas uh, for them to help them think about it, position myself as an expert, and also give them insight? Because they might not know. They might know they have a problem, but they don't know what the right solution looks like. So they're going to judge me on cost. And I don't want to be judged on costs because that's not good for them or me. And so I want to say, help them think through what would the right solution be? And what does budget look like? Do they have a budget set aside for this? Do they have to go get budget? Um, you know, when is their year end? Uh, is the calendar year? Or how does that work? I want to know all that information. So all this is relevant. So I might not go into all this at one time because one thing I think the discovery is a part of the sale that happens early, but I think it's a mistake to only think of it as that. In a complex sale with many sales calls, you're doing a perpetual discovery. So you might have the bulk of the discovery go in one phase early in the sale, but things change over time. If you have a sales cycle, three, six, nine, 12 months, two years, you know things evolve over time. So I want to be in that perpetual discovery mode where I'm trying to find out the relevant information for the sale. And this is a big deal because oftentimes in sales, we talk about listening. And I'm so sick, Carl, of hearing these motivational talks on listening by trainers. I just want to you know, throw them through a window. I'm just like, oh my God, stop talking about, because it's always, and none of them can resist saying, God gave us two ears and one mouth. So therefore, we should listen twice as much as we talk. First of all, you have no idea why God gave us two ears and one mouth. And second, to say that we should now listen twice as much as we talk is nonsense. There are certain times in the sale when you want to listen five, 10 times more than you talk. Other times in the sale, you might be talking even more than you're listening. The idea is not that you need to listen more. 
The idea is, what are you listening for? That's mm. what matters. I have talked with salespeople who know all kind of interesting information about their buyers. Well, I know their little girl is going out for the gymnastics team, and I know their birthdays, February 12th, and I know they have the, the house like this and that. And I say, okay, what is the scope of the problem they're dealing with? What's their time frame for a solution? I don't, yeah, I didn't get into that. <laughs> so you got all this irrelevant information uh, and you miss what really matters for the sale, right? So it's not, should I listen more? What am I listening for? So for our listeners, you want to know what you want to listen for before you go into the call. There's some information I want to get, right? Uh, if they tell me the little girl's going out for gymnastics, that's awesome, great. But that's not on my mission critical list uh, that I want to do it in discovery. I want to know what the problem is, what the scope of it is, who is it impacting, what happens if they do nothing. I want to start getting into those kind of issues. That matters. And sometimes we get sidetracked with a bunch of nonsense. And we need to be laser focused. Time, and there's a limited amount of time. We want to say, what is the information I need to know that'll help me help my buyers and serve the sale so I can customize and present the solution that is right for them. In the discovery, they tell you how to sell them. The question is, are you listening for the right information, asking about it, giving value, and then leverage it and then present in a way so they can connect the dots? Like, hey, that's exactly what I need because I want to create certainty when I present. And certainty in the presentation is created with clarity in the discovery. The discovery is mission critical. And if it's not done well, then when you present, you're kind of just throwing a lot of generic ideas, hoping something stick, and that's not effective selling. Uh, that's just pitching. And that's not something we need to do. We need to be effective in our sales presentations. So the discovery is key. There's a lot of science behind it we can talk about. But if you execute the discovery well, and you know what you're listening for, you give value ask second level questions, give insight, you're gonna be setting yourself and your buyers, more importantly, offer success in the sale. Like you said, if listeners out there, you know, listen two, three times to, to, to this podcast and try out some of the things that David just mentioned and watch what happens on your next discovery call. I know through working with you, David, a lot of, at the end of the call, it's not just, yeah, we'll, we'll agree to a presentation, it's great. How soon can you do it? And it's, wow, great question. And there's this engagement, again, that differentiates yourself as a salesperson. And I got to admit, it's a lot more fun when you're truly conducting a great discovery call. And there's a way to balance being engaging and, and listening and also asking those key questions. Because at the end of the day, if you're not asking those key discovery questions, you're, you're probably not going to be doing that well as a salesperson. So keeping that, like you said, hyper-focused is extremely important. And, and for listeners out there, I, I really feel that, that reading the science of selling, if, if this resonated with you, if, if this episode resonated with you, it is a great next step. Checking out um, our website, www.hoffeldgroup.com and, and seeing our resources as it relates to discovery, first, second, third level questions. And really like David said, thinking through what is the information I need to gather from this person before the call, because there are times where you may know they need to make a change now. They may have the exact problem. They may lay it out, 
parts of it in their, you know, initial message to you and your company. So you need to make sure that you're not asking questions that they've already answered, but you're asking that key information that you need to know to progress the sale. And David, I think that you've given listeners some great insights today. I, I hope everyone listening takes this insight and starts applying it and we can get rid of the days where we have to think uh, with the, the two ears, one mouth kind of methodology, which, which does not work and really, you know, align the way we sell with science. So David, thank you for your time. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Carl. 